Hey, hello everybody. Welcome to church. Uh, glad to have you here. My name's Evan Allnut. Uh, I'm the pastor, uh, the lead pastor here at Northgate, and uh, just so glad to have you with us for church. Can you just go ahead and give a shout out from your living room to Mr. Rich Emery, who put together that bumper video for you? Go ahead. Woo, 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 woo! Rich. Thank you, Rich. Uh, we so appreciate everything that you do, but um, uh, just, just love how you've been able to step up and, and serve with the team uh, in the last while. We really, really appreciate our, our team, our, our three-person team that, that covers our production and live streaming and, and piecing things together for us, Kyle, Andrew, and Rich. We would love to have you join that team, and uh, we're going to talk about more, more about that in the coming weeks, but uh, we, we need more. We need more help and support in that area. We'd love to have you come and take part in that, um, but, but we're just glad you're here right now. It's good to be uh, just gathered, yeah, whether it's online or not, wherever you come from today, we're just glad that you're with us, and we get to do church together. I know this world has, there's been a lot going on in the last while. Uh, 2020's been a big year. It's been, it's been a, a, a year that has shifted around, has, has changed lots of our perspective, has caused us to open our eyes to some things, uh, some things within ourselves, some things within our world. And uh, I just hope that when we gather in these moments that, that each of us can just recognize that, that the, the banner over us is, is Jesus Christ, that, that He loves each and every one of us and, and He wants to elevate our eyes to Him in these moments. He wants us to see who He is. He wants us to recognize Him and recognize that, that He offers us a hope uh, beyond what anything in this whole world can offer us. And uh, so welcome, welcome, welcome. We're, uh, we're in our second week of our two-week series called Not Phased. And uh, we built this series around the idea, our, our government has been talking about this phasing in process uh, after COVID, which makes a ton of sense in, in a lot of pieces of society, phasing in businesses, phasing in grocery stores, phasing in, uh, you know, gatherings with friends and backyard barbecues, phasing in public spaces and parks and all of those things. A lot of that makes a lot of sense. And so a lot of people have been saying, well, how do we phase in the church? And I've said a few things about phasing in the church. One, we don't have to phase in something that never shut down. Like we're, we've always been going strong and fully. It just has looked different. We've been doing online really well. We've liked the engagement. We've liked all that's happening in those spaces. And so phasing in or opening isn't something that we necessarily have to do when church was never closed. It just looked different. But then the other thing that I, we've been saying is that we don't necessarily want to open up and try to figure out how we can get 50 people in and spread them all about and, and, and in and out and in and out and do all of that on Sundays um, if it distracts us from what God maybe wants to teach us in this time or what maybe God wants us to build in a bigger way in this time. See, the gathering, the physical gathering, has been limited but like I said last week, uh, I, I've, I've always said to this church that Christianity is more than a gathering and it's more than a service. And so now uh, we're, we're getting the opportunity to really test that, to really believe for that. Can the church truly live and not just live, not, not can it just survive, but can it thrive in the midst of not having its building and not having its physical gathering, physical services? I believe it can. Do you believe it can? Come on. God is in, uh, God is working. He's doing something awesome here. So we're not necessarily phasing the physical. 
This week I had a good chat with a, a friend, and um, he talked about something that impacted him in this way. Uh, he talked about, uh, th- w- as far as the physical gathering being down, he said uh, that he had a friend that told him, you know, one of the best ways that you can learn how to play chess really well is by removing the queen. And once you remove the queen, then you can learn how to play with all the other pieces better. Then once you bring back the queen, you're going to be a much better chess player. And similarly, that's what's happened for us, where the church has all of these tools. And the tools are to help reach people and, and, and help them grow in a relationship with Jesus, to discover Jesus as Lord. That's what the church exists for, is to care for people, to show them Jesus, to love them like Jesus would love them, and then disciple them along. And, and our discipleship tool... Uh, that we use most often is the physical gathering where we try to get people in the room and from there we're going to speak into their lives from there we're going to worship together from there we're going to have conversations in the lobby we're going to hope to get you going on your next steps we're going to help hope to get you growing and right now the physical gathering maybe our best tool that we've usually used is kind of out our queen is out and now we start to learn how to use the other uh, players on the chessboard uh, I, uh, I, I'm a bit of a NBA fan, a bit of a Raptors fan. Uh, any Raptors fans in the house? Hope so. Hope you're with me on that one. But uh, last year, Toronto Raptors uh, won the NBA. They were the champs, which was awesome. By the way, that means if the NBA doesn't start up again and it's all done this year, that means N- uh, the Raptors actually, I'm going to say, they're the two-year champs. Uh, they're about to move into a dynasty uh, position, But anyways, in game five, uh, there's this guy named Kevin Durant. And Durant played for Golden State Warriors, um, and he had been injured. But, but the Golden State Warriors, who had this major dynasty, who were this powerhouse team, uh, they were playing against Toronto Raptors and were looking at risk for losing. And so Durant, who was injured, but who is one of their stars, probably their best player uh, at the time, uh, he, he, was, he was sidelined, and they were trying to decide, do we put him back in? Do we try to have him go for it? Do we, do we let, him, let him go and play? Because we don't want to lose, and, and we wanna, we, we're a winning championship. We're a championship team. Like We don't want the Golden State Warriors to go down to the Toronto Raptors. And so, you know what? He's injured, but maybe we should put him in. And I, st- I was thinking a lot about that as far as in our context. If the gathering is our star player, you know what I mean? If the gathering is the, is the thing that, that we rely on most for discipleship and reaching people for Jesus, well, the gathering is down. The physical gathering is down right now. And so we have a few options. Kevin Durant's team, GM, coach, all could have said, you know what? Let's throw in the towel. Kevin Durant's out. Forget it. The star's gone. Uh, we're not going to make it, so we might as well just sit him. We might as well sit our whole team. Let's forfeit this tournament. That was one option they could have said. Let's just hand over the championship to the Raptors. It's one thing that we could do right now. You know, one thing we could, could do is just say, you know what, the physical gathering's gone. Guess the church is dead. Tough beans. COVID wins. Church loses. We could do that. Second option is to, is to try to play the injured player. 
That's what, that's what uh, the Golden State Warriors decided to do. They decided to put uh, Kevin Durant in the game and, and to go and play because we can't win this without the star. We, if the star's not in, we can't win. And so the star comes limping in. Well, not very far into the game, the star ends up falling, ends up uh, breaking his Achilles heel, which, which ends up meaning that he needs surgery two days later. And he's got an entire year to sit out of basketball. See, they put him in and didn't want to rely on the other players and trust the other players and believe for the other players to rise up to the challenge. So they wanted to put their they wanted to limp in rather than be full strength with the rest of the team. Some would like to see us do that. You know what? I mean, we, we can still, we, even with a limping gathering, you know, even with a phased-in gathering, I bet we could do something great in that, in that thing. I would rather a, a limping gathering than a really healthy small group model. I'd rather a limping gathering than a really healthy online model. I'd rather a limping gathering than a really healthy community engagement uh, or personal devotion or whatever else we might be able to build in this season. Let's just let the gathering limp in and see what happens well we see what happened for the Golden State Warriors because they didn't believe the rest of the team could do it they put in this limping Kevin Durant and he went down they lost that game lost the championship the third option is that you develop your other players that you recognize what other things what other tools are in your toolbox as a church we don't just have a physical gathering to disciple people We've got, we've got personal devotion. We've got small groups. We've got community engagement. Uh, we, we've got online church that we've been doing this way. These are some of our other tools that we get to develop in this season so that when the star returns, when the physical gathering returns, now we're in much better place to actually have, be a better team. Now all the other pieces that maybe wouldn't have been developed as much because we were so focused on the star now are developed and growing. And so last week we said we're we're probably not going to be gathering for a while. This week, I want to tell you what we are going to try to be doing for this period of time. Uh, throughout this season, we've been talking a lot about how the Bible reveals to us how often uh, there, are these, there are these moments where, where people lose their star. People lose their understanding of where they meet with God. People lose their temple. People lose their tabernacle. People lose their promised land. People lose their Jesus because he dies on the cross. People, uh, leaders go in prison. All of these different things throughout the Bible that should have slowed up the movement of God and in fact it released it in a whole new way. I was reminded of this one in Ezekiel. Ezekiel is an interesting book of the Bible. Ezekiel is this prophet, and he's actually a, a prophet during the exile. What that means for those of you who don't know is that the, the entire Old Testament is built around uh, the Israelites, the people of God, moving towards the promised land. They get in the promised land after slavery, after wars, after battles, after all of this stuff, after miracles. After, all of these things happen to get in the promised land. But when they get there, they don't worship God. They worship all of these other gods and set up idols and, and, and give in to all sorts of sexual uh, adultery, all, all of these uh, things that are happening in that time. And so after all of that takes place, God says, listen, I gave you a promised land. I did bring you here, but now I'm actually going to let you be removed from here. I'm going to let you be taken away from the promise. It's called the exile. 
Babylon comes in, Syria comes in, like they, they, they wipe out Israel and, 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 and take them, actually take the people out of the promised land and bring them back uh, to Babylon, most of the people. Ezekiel is writing in a time when he's actually been removed, taken out of the promised land. He's with the exiles. They're sort of looking back at Israel, back at the promised land, and God starts speaking in that time. Ezekiel has this vision, and his vision uh, in that time was, was of these, these cherubim, these, these, this incredible heavenly creatures that are all of a sudden showing up, and he's seeing them, and they've got wheels on the base of their uh, uh, clouds, you know, they're these animals, and it, you, you should read it if you want to look into more what it, what it looks like and what it would have been like, and, and there he is in exile having this vision of these cherubim, and then the presence of God is taken up with these cherubim. Here's what I want you to see. Ezekiel 11, 14 to 17. It says, The word of the Lord came to me. Son of man, the people of Jerusalem have said of your fellow exiles and all the other Israelites, they are far from the Lord. This land was given to us as our possession. So here's a few people that have remained in the promised land. Babylon has come and taken most of the healthiest, strongest, uh, mightiest people of the land, removed them, and then there's these people left over that are back there, and they're saying, oh, oh, well, we're still here, and so those people are now far from God because we know that God dwells in this temple that only exists in the promised land. It's only in Jerusalem. This is where God is, and that was true in the Old Testament. When they built that temple, God said, I will dwell here. I will come and meet with you here. I will empower you here. If you will return to me here and and repent here, then I will heal you and I'll take care of your land. This is the space. So now they've been taken from that. They've been removed from the temple and the people who are still left near the temple in Jerusalem are saying, those people are far from God. Sometimes we can feel that exact same thing. If I don't get my gate coffee if I don't get lobby time, if I don't get to walk through those doors and shake the hands of a pastor and see some people and sit in my usual seat and, and feel the bass as I, as I listen to worship, if I don't get to experience that, I'm probably far from the Lord. But here's what God says. It says, therefore say, this is what the sovereign Lord says, although I sent you far away among the nations and scattered them among the countries. Scattered. Talked about that a few weeks ago. Yet for a little while, I have been a sanctuary for them. Where? In the countries where they have gone. I think that's so important for you to hear. It's easy to think, I don't, I don't, know, I don't know if I can still have a faith if I can't, be in a physical gathering. I don't know if I can be as close to God from far away. I've left the temple, so, so I must have left the Lord. I've left the temple, so I must have, have lost God. I've left the promised land, so I must have lost connection. I've lost Jerusalem, so I must have lost the, the Lord. And, and, and since I left, God must not be with me. And in fact, it's actually that the Spirit of God followed you. 
Even though he's punishing you and saying, you haven't been following me, I have to send you out into exile, you have to leave all of this. Even though that happened, he gets up and he follows you along. See, something unique about Ezekiel's vision of what happened here is these cherubim have wheels underneath them and they pick up uh, the presence of God. The presence of God, Ezekiel actually saw the presence of God leave the temple, land on these cherubim. I know it's a crazy story, sounds bizarre. You should just read the Bible and, and try to pray in faith and like Lord show something great to me anyways the presence of God lands on this wheeled beast thing and wheels it elsewhere in other words the presence of God is not locked into a place but wants to be with his people and maybe God's wanting to show us something right now that he's not teaching you uh, you know a plan B right now He's showing you that plan A, his presence with you, his presence with me is real and true in our homes as it is in the gathering place. We can trust that. Does the physical gathering help us know his presence? Yes. And we want it again. So he says, you might think because you left the temple, you left promised land, you're, you're in exile that you lost me. No, I came. I'm following you. I'm doing what you never thought I could. I'm I'm leaving that space and I'm meeting you in this pagan place is how they saw it. And then he says this, therefore say, this is what the sovereign Lord says. I will gather you from the nations and bring you back from the countries where you have been scattered and I will give you back the land of Israel again. Just so you know, we'll be back. Just so you know, we will be back. But God's not saying, we, I better get you back soon, or else you might lose your faith. He says, how about I just come and meet you there? See, in exile, lots of amazing things happened. Things that couldn't have happened in Israel. Things that couldn't have happened in that time. Some of the stories that maybe if you've done Sunday school or taught your kids Sunday school or anything, some of the stories that they've heard are the ones that happen in exile. Daniel never goes to a lion's den if he's not exiled to Babylon. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego don't ever go to a fiery furnace and have uh, an, an angel show up with them if it, or God in, in, in flesh you know, show up with them if they're not in exile. Esther never changes a, a, an entire city, an entire understanding uh, speaking to a Persian king if they didn't go to exile. Nehemiah never finds a favor with a Persian king who sends him to go rebuild the temple if he didn't have exile. Exile did some good things for the people of God because God said, I'm not sending you away and I'll wait over here and once you come back, everything will be good. I'm sending you away but I'll go with you and show you that I'm bigger than a temple, I'm bigger than a gathering, I'm bigger than a place. I'm bigger than a country. I will meet you wherever you go. You can find me in a prison cell. You can find me in your home. You can find me in your workplace. You can find me on your sports team. You can find me walking down the street. You can find me when you're, when you're being persecuted. You can find me. But I will bring you back. You will gather again. So I believe God is saying to us, not just that that we need to 
sort of throw in the towel and wait, and once we can gather again, maybe the church can thrive. But right now, that God wants to bring a thriving to the church. God wants to accomplish something amazing right now in the church. So last week I said uh, there were a few things that I probably never would have done if the physical gathering, we were, we were kind of forced to stop the physical gathering. In some ways, uh, uh, this, this pandemic and, and just social consciousness, we had to shut some things down for a period of time. Uh, that, that did something to me. I all of a sudden recognized, man, I've wanted to focus on online church for a while, but I was too distracted by the physical gathering. It's a good thing. The physical gathering is a good thing, but it also distracted me from making efforts in that way. So this, that meant that we got to launch that forward. I've, uh, there are some, maybe some things that I've wanted to accomplish in the, in the area of community engagement that our team all of a sudden has been able to speak about more because we were, had to be shut down on our physical gathering where we have a little bit more uh, breadth to imagine some things and think through some things in a new way. I've told you that I, I would have never tried uh, you know, doing a, an online worship night, but I now love our online worship night that takes place usually with Pastor Rob and Chelsea. So I've told you some of the things that I probably should have done but wouldn't have and couldn't have while the physical gathering was taking place. Now I want to ask you, what are some things that you maybe need to focus on now? What are some of the things that maybe God would be stirring up in your heart? Where now maybe there's been some, some things exposed in your life where the, you can recognize the physical gathering was, wasn't just a member of your team of discipleship, but it was actually the star, it was actually the only player you relied on for your faith. Where, and, and now that player is injured. <laughs> the physical gathering is down, and, and, and all you can do is think, I just need the physical gathering to come back, and then maybe my faith can return. But actually, God is maybe saying to you, no, I have some other players that I want to exist and thrive in your life to cause the team of discipleship to grow you and shape you. Two things I want to focus on with you. I'm going to be quick on them. Two things that came to mind. First one is this, personal devotion life. How's yours? How's it doing in this season? Because I, I, I bet we've all had times in our life where, we, where we, we wish we could have a better devotion life, but we sort of don't really worry about it because Sunday kind of fills us up. We come, we worship with people, pray, we hear a message, chat with a couple people in the lobby, yeah, okay, I feel pretty good. And that sort of carries us to maybe Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and then we start to get tired out. But, but don't worry, Sunday's coming. We get to look forward to it. And maybe we haven't learned to have that personal devotion life that actually draws us into the Word of God, causes us to pray. Do you have a prayer journal? Do you have people you're praying for? Do you have a list that you go through regularly? Are you reading a plan in the Bible? Or are you just, once in a while, if it shows up, it shows up but also if you hear this this nice buddhist thought that's going to be great too or if you hear this this nice new age thought that's going to be good too do you actually have a, a an anchoring a root system in your faith that comes from the bible now's the time 
It's not going to happen when you're busy with the gathering. It's not going to happen when the gathering is fulfilling you enough. If you're feeling unfulfilled in your spiritual growth, don't blame the online church and say, oh, if only we were physical gathering, I'd probably have a stronger faith right now. No, 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 no. That's not the point. Right now, I want you to consider how is your devotion life? If you're wondering about your faith and craving the physical gathering, potentially it's time for you to dig into the Word yourself. Pray. Take time with the Lord. Slow down. Turn off Netflix. Go to bed so you can get up early with God. Pray. We're likely going to start a, a, a daily devotion. When we started this whole s- season, I, I started doing that on Instagram and found I wasn't sure if it was working how I wanted it to work. And, and uh, honestly, there was just plenty going on. But we've been talking as a staff about how do we start that again, that we can together just have this daily devotion and get into the Word of God daily. Just a little bit maybe sometimes. But then the other thing is this. I really believe... And this, it was a few weeks ago when I started thinking about the Not Phased series, I really believed that God was calling us to a new depth within small groups. So a lot of what you, you long for in the gathering is seeing people, seeing faces, having a conversation, sharing a little bit of your heart, and even in a little way. And since I came to this church, small groups has been a priority for me. And yet, the, the, our t- the time that we devote to it, the communication we devote to it, the efforts we devote to leadership development within it, maybe hasn't necessarily reflected my passion for it or desire to see it thrive within our church. And so we, we are now saying, let's make this a priority I don't know when we start gathering together. We're going to sort of wait on the government and and see where that sort of lands and see when we feel like it's a good time that we can do it with momentum and, and excitement and passion. But I do believe that before we start gathering together, God wants to create in us little clusters of healthy, growing, thriving relationships and healthy, growing, thriving faith in small groups. And so we have, uh, right now we've got a website for small groups. We have close to 40 small groups that meet. Five have been added in our Port Alberni campus. Whoop, whoop, Port Alberni. We, we ha- have five uh, small groups that have been added there since this time, which is amazing. Um, all of our small groups are meeting on Zoom. And as it's safe, as it feels okay, as people feel comfortable, there may start being some, some backyard small groups or some beach small groups or, or some outdoor small groups with our social distancing in place. I don't know what that's going to look like, but we are meeting. Usually we take a break from small groups for the summer, but all, our small groups are all saying, no, we're going to go through the summer. We're, we're putting in extra time to say, let's make sure we're connecting. If, if the summer often means disconnection anyways, let's make sure we're trying to build and create community in this season. What we want to add for small groups, we want to add some video content. We already have uh, uh, small group questions that go every, out every single week uh, from our sermon We want to develop our small group leader network a bit more. And and in fact, in July, we're going to try to get as many small group leaders together for a small groups conference, a digital small groups conference that's taking place. Here's what I want to see. I feel like God gave me this vision. I feel like he gave me this dream. As when when I was praying, 
about this, this very series. This was the reason I felt like we had to stop and, and, and do this not phased series. It's like, God, I, I, I want to get back to the physical gathering. I know people are getting tired of, of being in this place, and I didn't feel like God said, yeah, 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 push past the government, let's just go for it, yeah, I'll protect you. I didn't feel like he said that. I felt like, like I said last week, I felt like he said, I still have something for you here. I still have something I want to do here. I want to develop small groups. I want to develop relationships. I want to grow this thing. And, and, and I felt like that was in my heart. That's, that's what came up. That's what God kept returning me to. And, and, and so I said, well, if we're going to do this, God, I want a number. You know, I want a number. I want to know how many small groups are we going to be trying to have? How are we going to build this? What do you want us to do? What, what, what's it going to look like at the end of this? What should we fight for in the meantime? And I felt like, uh, I, I'm pretty sure it's God. If it's not God, let, let's just, then, then God, would you bless this? But I really believe God's put this number in my heart that I want to see 100 Northgate small groups by January. Right now we have somewhere around 40. So in five years, of me being here, we've gone from about two or three to about 40. Now, in, in uh, six months, I want to see us go from about 40 to 100. Can we do it? I believe for it. Small groups mean that you grow in relationship and connection. It means that you can grow in accountability. It means that we're developing leaders. Imagine if Northgate had 100 leaders who are willing to invest in people's lives, who are willing to care for people, who are willing to lift them up in prayer, who are willing to host uh, uh, either online or in-home small groups. Imagine what kind of uh, uh, movement could be created with a hundred people who say, I'm going to invest in people. I'm going to pray for people. Imagine what could happen. And it would help us with communication as a church. All of a sudden, we, we've got those 100 leaders. We can say, hey, we want to talk to you about, about spreading out this information. We want you guys to serve together at this one. We want you guys to serve together at this one. Imagine what we could do if we had 100 small groups that we could just move around the city and serve in different ways. What if we said we want every small group to do one project together per semester? How many projects we could do in the Comox Valley, Alberni Valley, or beyond? Imagine what could happen if we did it. If we had 100 small groups with 8 to 10 people in them, we'd have 800 to 1,000 people in small groups. That's actually more people than we see on the average Sunday. But I think God wants to do it. I think it can happen. And so it's going to be a focus for us for a while. We're going we're to drive this way. While we continue to talk about how we do worship, how we do preaching, when we, come, when we return to the physical gathering. We'll keep talking about how to do online church and how to do community engagement. Those are going to be priorities for us. But the thing that we want to circle back to, the thing that I'm going to try to have on my lips every time I talk to anyone, everyone that I share with, I want to see us building around the idea that we would have life-giving, relational, faith-developing small groups taking place all over our church. And I'm excited for when we maybe for, for our first, maybe we have our very first online small group somewhere along the way here. By online, I mean someone who doesn't live in Courtney or Port Alberni. Maybe we'll be leading a Northgate small group. Maybe, just maybe, this is how God's going to develop our next campus. 
Maybe we'll have a small group develop in Tofino, Denman Island, Port McNeil, who knows where at, and, and, and somewhere along the way that's going to develop so much that we recognize we can actually start a campus there. Who knows? But God's doing something good here. I hope you would want to be a part of it. So I'm going to pray for you. But then after this service, I want you to do one of two things. I want you to either get yourself in a small group. They're all listed on the website. You're going to hear about it in a second. Or two, start the process of leading a small group. We're going to need a lot more of those as well. We need about 60. (laughs) And let's see what God can do in this season. So that when we come back and our star discipler, the gathering, returns, we'll be strong in online church. We'll be strong in small groups. We'll be strong in community engagement. We'll be strong in prayer and personal devotion. And we'll have a team that is able to disciple people, mobilize people, and change cities quickly and easily by the power of the Holy Spirit for the glory of God. Amen? Thank you, Jesus, that you give us strategy and plans. Thank you that you give us vision. God, I pray that out of this season that the, the, the enemy would, would, would want us to be crumbling down and, and turtling and hiding and, 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 and crying because we've lost our, our star player, because we've lost the number one thing that we think of when we consider church. Lord, I pray that instead that this time would be a time that we get to look back on and say, God, you did something amazing there. You stirred up something that we never would have seen otherwise. God, you bolstered a new movement that took place. Jesus, that this church would be known as a church of deep relationship, of of deep faith, of challenging one another because of small groups. And so God, help us. Help us to, to be willing to step into this. God, I pray for every person who's normally served in guest services, who's normally served in the gate, who's normally served in kids' ministry, all those people who feel like, oh, I'm not doing as much for the church right now. God, I pray that you'd stir up in their heart even right now a heart to lead a group. That you, you, would, you would cause them to long for, uh, they have been longing for the ability to come and serve in the church. Jesus, I just pray that you'd show them this is the way for right now. Step into it. For the worship leaders, who've stood on stage and led the church in, in so many different things. God, I pray now they would lead the church in this movement. That they would be willing to step into that space of, of inviting people into a discipleship journey. That Jesus, when we return to the gathering, the physical gathering, it wouldn't be limping and burned up by a season of disconnection. But it would be thriving life, excited, anticipating because we're growing in deep relationship and deep faith. Help us step into the season well, Lord. Jesus, thank you for giving us vision to not just slowly phase in what we think is our most important thing, our star player, but showing us how to thrive and develop the other areas of this church which will create discipleship the salvation, the future. We love you, Lord. Guide us, shape us, grow us, teach us, 
lead us. And in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Bye-bye, everyone. We love you. Thanks for being here with us today. And, uh, and you can hear from this person right now telling you what to do now. Bye-bye. We want to take an opportunity here to help you take the next steps in your journey. We love to take a moment and create momentum. On our website, nextsteps.ngate.ca, or if you click the link in the comments, there's ways that which you can respond today. Maybe you'd like to accept Jesus, or maybe you'd like to give, or join a small group. At Northgate, we believe in small groups. It's a way that we build community and friendships and grow in our faith. Because of COVID, small groups has become a huge way that we connect with each other. We are going to continue our small groups through the summer, and there are many different options and small groups for you to join. When you click the small groups, you'll get to go and choose your campus, the Courtney or the Port Alberni campus. There you'll find all kinds of small groups and one that is a fit for you. We have youth and junior high, young adult girls and young adult guys, young families, singles, adults, new Christians, men's groups, women's groups, retirees. We have small groups for all ages. So take a moment today and create some momentum in your life. We'd love to help you take that step and join a small group. Or maybe you're even interested in being a small group leader. Just head over there and connect with us. Let's grow together. We'll talk to you this week.